And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in Toronto, East End of Toronto to be exact. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. As a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 9, sorry, 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Raptors fans, how fired up are you right now? This is crazy. Big time game. I'm not sure that many people anticipated a massive win like that, but at the same time, we'll take the big boy win. Huge win for the Toronto Raptors over the Boston Celtics, a team that most people are waiting to flick a switch, but also the team that if you follow this podcast, I think I told you at the start of the year, sometimes you got too many dudes and the pieces don't fit together. Everyone just assumed the Celtics were going to be it this year, and hey, there's still time to sort it out in the playoffs, but I feel like when you have that mentality, things are easier to cover up when you have LeBron James. And if you don't have LeBron James and you have Kyrie Irving, you have what the Celtics are right now, where everyone's kind of waiting for Kyrie's postgame after this, because I feel like it might get a little interesting. But forget about the Celtics. This is about the Raptors. Because he had a fan base that was worried. He had a fan base that I felt was kind of worried, getting a little annoyed maybe, about the load management and what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. How come he's sitting out all these games? Why did he play in the All-Star game? All that stuff. Someone just wrote into the Instagram feed, and it's perfect, just said, insert Kawhi laugh here. Exactly. Because this game is what it was all about. These load management, the resting of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, hey, Kawhi got a pretty solid rest in this game as well. What did Kawhi play in this game? 26 minutes? Didn't even need the full clip. And the Raptors win 118-95 to against the Boston Celtics. Again, 118 to 95. Wow. I don't even know where to begin because there's just so much, so much goodness (laughs) from the Toronto Raptors that we saw in that game. But I guess I want to start here and just talk about the fact that, you know, you have a Toronto Raptors team that has improved to 45 and 17 on the season, 26 and 6 at home. Meanwhile, the Celtics on the flip side, they've lost three in a row. They're now 14 and 16 on the road, which, again, something I always say, good teams have good road records. You need to win on the road to be successful in the playoffs. The Celtics are 14 and 16 on the road, and they're not going to have home court advantage if things stay the same as they are right now. So here's the other thing, okay? Celtics get blown out in this game. Celtics are 7 and 5 against the four teams ahead of them in the Eastern Conference standings. 6 and 1 at home. One and four on the road. Again, if you're in fifth place, you're going to start the series on the road. And good luck with that, Boston Celtics. But again, flip side, thanks for everyone for tuning in. This is the Wrap It Up Podcast. Shouts to the people that tune in live and help me out with this show live on Twitter at Shell Alexander after each and every Toronto Raptor game. Shout out to you guys as well. Shout out to the people on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in 
as well and helping out. And of course, if you follow us, you know that this becomes a podcast shortly after the live show ends, which you can find, like, and subscribe at on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play, and on YouTube. Shouts to all the people there. Really appreciate you guys. Can't say that enough. Do you know what else I really appreciated tonight? Pascal Siakam. <laughs> Pascal Siakam has been on a roll. In his last 11 games, he's averaging 21-7. and seven. The Celtics were a team that he, he kind of struggled against so far in the first three matchups. Tonight was not one of those games. Pascal Siakam, back to shooting his effective self, a very efficient 10 of 16, 25 points. But the big thing here, four of five from three-point land from Pascal Siakam. Still giving you eight rebounds, still giving you two assists, two steals, and a block. But four of five from three. That is crazy. Pascal Siakam, as shouts to Josh Lewenberg, again, a must-follow if you are a Toronto Raptor fan, but as Josh Lewenberg pointed out on Twitter, last December and January, about a year ago, right, Siakam was in the middle of a 1-for-35 drought from beyond the arc. You add in this game, he's now 12 for his last 26, or sorry, 12 for his last 16 attempts from three, including 4-5 or five tonight. That is just crazy. Again, Siakam is now... 12 for his last 16 from three, including four or five from beyond the arc tonight. That, like, I'm just reminded of the Drake line, you weren't with me shooting jumpers in the gym. <laughs> I don't know who is with Siakam in the gym, but clearly he is putting in the work and we're seeing it this season. Another amazing performance for, from Pascal Siakam. And you got a lot of Raptors fans praising Masai, bowing down to Masai, thankful to Masai that he did not give up Pascal Siakam in any deal because I still feel like there's a lot of Raptors fans that even if he told them Anthony Davis they would still turn that down I'm not one of them but I feel like there's a lot of Raptors fans that are enjoying this ride and saying screw Anthony Davis we'll take Siakam hey I ain't gonna I ain't gonna talk you down off the ledge Raptors fans do your thing because hey it's a that's a big time win there's nothing more you could have asked from the Toronto Raptors in this game other than to blow out the Boston Celtics in a statement game in a thing where everyone's kind of worried about, oh, is there enough games for the Raptors to build chemistry? Do they have enough time to fit all the new pieces in? And interesting part, I was texting back and forth during the game with one of my buddies I work with, C. Brown, and we were talking about how OG and Norm sometimes seem to be like stumbling all over themselves. They kind of look off. Norm played pretty well tonight, for sure. Shouts to Norm. But to me, the thing that's so interesting about those two guys, for the Raptors to succeed in the playoffs, you needed probably one, if not two of those guys to be huge contributors to the Toronto Raptors. But now looking at the team that Messiah has put together, the additions of Jeremy Lin, the additions of Marcus Gasol, you don't even really need much from OG and Norm. I mean, both of those guys might not even be, both of those guys might not even be in the playoff rotation. It's crazy the depth and the wealth of of just dudes that put in work in different ways that Nick Nurse has to play with. If you listen to last podcast, there's a lot of talk. I, I said, hey, that game was on Nick Nurse. And maybe I didn't articulate myself well enough, but the reason why I'm saying it's on Nick Nurse is because you can say whatever you want about the load management. 
But the way that Masai Ujiri has built this team, this team is deep enough to deal with the load management throughout the whole season. There are so many pieces on this team, so many different lineups he can throw out there, so many different ways for this team to get it done. If you're telling me Kyle Lowry shoots two for six in a game, one to four from three, and this is a Raptors team from earlier on in the year, probably going to say chances are Raptors took an L. Despite the fact that Kyle Lowry's out here, seven points, 11 assists, and six rebounds, probably might take an L. But this team as currently constituted, Kyle Lowry doesn't have to score. You don't need Kyle Lowry to score, which is a huge benefit because again, as we talked about, who knows when the back issues are going to come up. So Kyle might need to pace himself a little bit throughout the end of the season. But now that he doesn't have to go ham and get you 15 to 20 points a night, he can be that facilitator. You can lean a little more on Siakam as that glow up continues. You can lean a little more because you got Mark Gasol, who's an established dude in this league. And hey, look, people are going to put up numbers. I saw someone on uh, Twitter post numbers of comparing JV's numbers and Mark Gasol's numbers. <laughs> and it's like, oh, great. JV's averaging whatever for the Grizzlies. It's like, guys, come on. Marcus Gasol is a guy that when you're watching him play, it's not, it's not all the things that are going to show up in the box score. Like setting solid screens, making the extra pass, the way that guys, the, uh, the rest of the offense just flows because he's such a good passer. All those little things might not show up in the box score. So when you look at Gasol's line and you see, oh, he only had five points on two of six shooting, you might think, oh man, JV used to get us 20 on certain nights. Well, would JV be getting you eight assists? I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. Would JV be taking charges? I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. And Mark Gasol, I didn't even know this. Again, shouts to Josh Luber pointing this out as well on Twitter. He said Lowry took his 20th charge of the season earlier in the game. Gasol took his 19th. They're third and tied for fourth in the NBA respectively in terms of charges taken. However do you want it, however do you need it from this Raptors team, they can get it. But first and foremost, I think I saw the stat earlier, Raptors are top, they're, the, they're one of three teams to be in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. That number's only going to go up with Mark Gasol getting minutes in, their, in that lineup, but also that number's going to go up in the playoffs when you have Kawhi, Danny Green, like your vets going all out. Because I feel like sometimes in these games, we forget about the fact that in the NBA, the good teams pace themselves. You have to. You're not going to go at the same tilt as, you know, for a whole Orlando Magic game or a whole New York Knicks game as you are for a full Boston Celtics game. And what you saw in this game is, again, the reminder that I've been telling you about the whole season. When this team buckles down and defends they're going to be a tough, tough outcome playoff time because they play defense. And you saw them turn over the Celtics over and over again, and it just led to the first half run, which took the Celtics completely out of this game. It wasn't even close. And, you know, you had the first quarter. The first quarter is kind of the time where you feel things out. I'll be honest, I'm still on the, the, I'm still on the wave where I want Gasol in the starting lineup. Surge started again tonight against a matchup to Al Horford. Clearly that didn't matter, but we'll get to that later on. Maybe someone will ask a question about why I still want Gasol to start, but in case I forget. But 
we'll we'll forget that for now. Okay. Raptors start the game and they give up 32 points in the first quarter, right? They're down two after one. And you're thinking, okay, Celtics offense looks good. This might be something that's a little toe-to-toe, a nice matchup there. But the first thing that stuck out to me was the fact that the way that Nurse used the bench. And if you listened to last podcast, what I was talking about was the need to not have your full bench unit out there at the same time, right? In the minutes that mattered, in the first half, I saw there was one minute where you had the whole bench unit on. And that was at the very end of the first quarter. But the key was to end the first to pretty much up until that point, right? Up until the last minute of the first quarter, you saw a lineup that had Siakam with Jeremy Lin, OG, Norm, and Gasol. And I know we have Gasol on the bench, and he's not really a bench guy. Same thing with Serge. But play with me here for a little bit, right? Stay with me here. So you have that lineup, and things are cooking right away. Jeremy Lin is is cutting he's getting used to playing with Gasol Gasol's hitting him with the the back cuts Jeremy Lin had six first half points or six points in the first quarter Jeremy Lin had it going early and it was all just like cutting to the basket easy basic basketball plays just things that Gasol does super easily that if you're if you understand the game of basketball you appreciate so much but then again altering your bench unit now and having one of your starters out there to start the second quarter there's Kyle Lowry and Raptors fans will remember it always used to be a thing Kyle in the bench was always one of the Raptors best lineups right Kyle Lowry starts the second quarter with the Raptors bench and then things just start to cook again the ball movement the growing chemistry between Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol we saw it a bit on Sunday against the Magic we saw it a lot more tonight as well Kyle Lowry finding Marc Gasol. Gasol gets Norm off the snide. Norm hit his first three since February 8th. (laughs) Wow. That's four games in a row where Norm really struggled. But that's also before the All-Star game, right? And that lineup of Kyle Lowry, Gasol, it was Norm, McCaw, and OG. This is where the game really took a turn. This is where the crazy, what, 18-0 run occurred in the second quarter. And again, you have Kyle Lowry and the bench. You have your starters along with Gasol, but you're not playing your full bench unit. And this is where you saw the game really took a turn. And it was a far cry from if you remember the last time when the Raptors played the Celtics, it was Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward had 16 points in the first half. Raptors bench struggled mightily in that game. And that turned that game around because then the Celtics had a big lead. Raptors had to battle back. They got there. They made it a game at the end, but they lost it. You spend so much time, so much time trying to get back into the game that you run out of gas at the end, right? This time around, Raptors bench was here. Kyle and the bench doing it. And again, Kyle and Gasol, man. Kyle and Gasol. Kyle had eight first half assists. Gasol had five first half assists. The way that Norman Powell hit back-to-back threes, then Gasol hit a three himself. Kyle doing all the little Kyle Lowry things, where Kyle Lowry is on, Kyle is is the guy who, you know, he's diving for loose balls. He's guarding bigger guys in the post. Kyle Lowry doing so many things for the Raptors, but the ball movement was the key here. The Raptors had nine assists on their first 10 made field goals in the second quarter. Overall for the game, that was a huge trend. 
The ball movement was totally there for the Toronto Raptors. And they had what? 33 assists on their 46 made field goals. That's a great number. That's a great, great number. And when you're seeing that type of ball movement, you're getting easy baskets. Everyone was getting easy baskets. Whether it was Kyle finding uh, Siakam on the run. Whether it was Kyle finding Kawhi, who was just, you know, he had his run where he just bully-balled people in the paint. When this team gets it going, they're going to be a tough, tough, tough out. But hey, they're just deep. That's really what it comes down to. You added grown-ups. You replaced guys who were, you know, you had to rely on DeLon. You had to rely on Fred. You had to rely on Norm. You had to rely on OG. And I'm not knocking any of those guys because they're great young players that are developing. But now you're adding more mature guys to your rotation in Jeremy Lin, in Marc Gasol, and they're just going to add, they're just going to add a level of professionalism, let's say. They're more likely to, show up or find other ways to contribute in the game but even just the effect that jeremy lynn and gasol have on the other dudes which we saw norman powell again mentioned how he struggled for his last four games but norm knocked down three of four threes in this game why he's getting nice open looks ball movement simple simple sometimes isn't it but again the key to me is that run that was made by kyle lowry gasol norm Patrick McCaw, and OG, right? That lineup changed the entire game. Again, that was an 18-0 run that they the Raptors had in that second quarter. They were playing defense. They were turning the ball over. Mark Gasol's taking charges. Like, it was just crazy. And even when the starters now came back in, in terms of Kawhi and Siakam, it's like they smelled blood. And at that point, when those guys are ready to defend, it's lights out. It's completely lights out. And another crazy stat, okay? Kyrie Irving. Devlin said this stat. Matt Devlin said this stat early on in the game. Uh, or it might have even been before the game. But he had the stat that said when a 6'4 or taller Raptor guards Kyrie Irving, he's turned the ball over 10 of the 11 total turnovers that he has. Again, I might have fumbled that. But... When a Raptor who is 6'4 or taller, just a bigger guard or bigger forward, whatever, is on Kyrie Irving, playing defense on Kyrie, that's when 10 of his 11 turnovers have come. And if you look at this game, the first three games that the Raptors played against the Celtics, Kyrie Irving averaged 30 points. He's shooting 60% from the floor, 46 from three, and then 11 assists per game. In tonight's game, as I looked that up, Kyrie had seven points, three of 10 shooting, one of three from three-point land, and five assists. Defense wins. It's that simple. Defense wins. Um, sorry, I was fired up in that, and I know I just talked for a really long time, and there's so many comments trickling in. I'm going to get to the comments. Let's start on Twitter, where someone says, Siakam is so good. I have no words for the impact he can have on us. The glow-up is real. I think the most improved player award is one. Having games like this, especially on, again, this was another national TV game for the Raptors in the States. It was players only on TNT. And the, the impact that Siakam had in this game where he's doing a little bit of everything. He's all over the place. And as long as he is that 
uh what's the term instead of the poor man's he's like the rich man's uh energy guy right he's like a rich man's energy guy as long as siakam's doing that and still every once in a while mixing in hey there's a smaller guy on me or a guy that i think i can bully in the post and he can get those buckets <laughs> it's scary man it's scary he's adding that quickness that agility that speed to now being able to knock down three pointers from the court that corner three that's crazy more comments here on twitter one of the best defensive games for the raps for sure that's that playoff intensity right they get up for these games when the playoffs come and you have these guys going at full tilt from start to finish and it's defense 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 this raptors team is going to be scary it's not hyperbole i'm not gassing like that is real when Kawhi, danny green Kyle jumping over passing lanes, taking charges, Serge blocking people, Gasol, his solid defense as well, and Siakam running all over the place. Then add in the energy of Norman OG potentially coming off the bench. McCaw, you saw that, that guy running all over the place as well. Defense wins. Defense wins. Another comment here on Twitter. With Pascal playing the way he is, does T.O. have the best trade package for AD if they want to do it. <laughs> I don't really want to talk like the trade, like that's not until the summer. I'm to be honest, I, I keep saying it about Kawhi Leonard. I'm not even thinking about whether or not Kawhi, Kawhi resigns or not. I'm not focused on that. I'm here for what's going to happen this season with the Toronto Raptors. So I'm going to put that question in that same category with whatever worry about Anthony Davis trade packages after the season i'm focused on what the this year with this great team that masai jiri has built uh more comments here on twitter someone says we can't we can talk about roster stats depth but what really distinguishes this new look team is alpha that's interesting because i tweeted out during the game colin coward uh basketball heads will know Sports heads will know who Colin Coward is. He used to be on ESPN Radio. Now he's on Fox Sports 1, has a show called The Herd. And he's a professional troll, right? Like, I don't even want to say that as a diss because I think that he is really, really good at what he does in terms of being able to host a show that talks about all these different sports on his own and come up with pretty interesting, engaging takes. Every day, like, I think he does a really good job of that. So I'm not trying to diss him because, I, again, I think he's really good at what he does. But he's tweeted out tonight. He tweeted, Raptors look great tonight. It's February. <laughs> and we know, alluding to the fact that, hey, the Raptors always look good in the regular season. And I think Raptors fans will know, if you're watching th this team closely, if you're familiar with this team, you know that there's a lot different about this team. There's a different swag to that. Like, there's no way you're bringing in Danny Green and Kawhi and replacing them with, you know, DeMar, CJ, um, DeLon, JV, and thinking that this is the same team. Like, that doesn't make sense, right? So I feel like there's a part of him that's kind of like, you know, it's going to take a while for people not familiar with the team to kind of lose that moment where they're waiting for the raptors to fail because i think if you're a raptors fan right now you can't feel the same way about this team that you did about prior raptors teams because it's not the same team it's definitely not the same team 
We just talked about the fact that Kyle Lowry on the old Raptors needed to ball out and be an all-star all-star for those teams to be successful in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry now, as this team is set up, you need him to play all right. But if he if he only scores seven points or eight points, but he's still doing all the other Kyle Lowry things, you can get scoring from somewhere else. But in terms of what this comment's saying, in terms of the alpha, this team, when they walk into most gyms, know that Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor. You know what, too? The other team also knows that Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor. Again, the alpha part, and I always bring up this clip because this, to me, is what got me super excited in terms of thinking about the Raptors making a deep run in the playoffs. I bring this up all the time, but the Danny Green quote when he says that he and Kawhi Leonard pride themselves on locking down the other team's two best scores. That's the alpha that this that this Twitter comment is talking about. There's a different look to this team. Kyle always had that pit bull mentality, right? But you only see it in stretches, right? And it's tough for him to play at that level all the time because it takes a toll on your body. But now you got other guys like that? All I'm saying is, this is a different team. If you're thinking that this team is anything like last year's team, Pascal wasn't even getting proper minutes on last year's team, right? Pascal barely played. He played, but not nearly enough. Didn't have the impact that he has now. Not even close. Serge Ibaka looks like a different Serge Ibaka than he did last season. Marc Gasol, Marc Gasol. Again, all I need to see from Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green at the end of that game, at the end of the Spurs game, when DeMar is fighting to get Kawhi Leonard off of him, but now he has to deal with Danny Green, and that didn't go well for him either because Danny Green locked him down and didn't bite on the, the pump fake. That right there, I'm telling you, come playoff time, these guys defend. And when you look at the other teams that they'll have to go against in the Eastern Conference, are you finding that same defensive mindset, that lockdown mindset from the Milwaukee Bucks and their players? What about the Sixers? The Celtics, maybe? Still hoping for them to flick the switch? I don't know. Uh, more comments here. I'll switch to Instagram because there's a lot of comments here coming in on Instagram. And maybe I'll go from the bottom up so that I don't get too far behind. Uh, but someone says, uh, no, that doesn't make sense. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the bottom of conversations that people are having in the Instagram chat. So I got to go from the top down because they're making points in response to something that someone else said at the beginning. So I need to go in order. And I'm trying to scroll to the beginning, but there's so many comments. Shouts to all you guys again, man. Really appreciate the love that you guys show to this podcast. And that as a city, we're showing to this Toronto Raptors team. Uh, let's see. <laughs> someone making fun of Kyrie Irving saying, quote, I still don't see anybody beating us in seven games. That's in reference to Kyrie just saying that the Celtics will be okay because they have him. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing there. Someone else in the on Instagram says Orlando question mark. Uh, another comment. What's up with Gasol shooting shooting and hand question mark? I think it was on his left hand. I saw it was wrapped up. I'm pretty sure there was a play early on in the game where Norm tried to make a tough pass to him. He reached out to get it, and it looked like he might might have jammed a finger or something. 
didn't look like it was too bad. I mean, he came back in and played, it was wrapped up, and it was his left hand, which, you know, is a better look for sure, being a right-handed shooter. Um, let's see more comments here on Instagram. Big night for Siakam. Another comment here says, great team win, finally. Good point. Raptors got it from a lot of different players tonight. Mentioned Pascal Siakam was a high scorer. Siakam had 25 points, 8 rebounds. Great night for him. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard always somehow looks like he's struggling early. And then at one point, he just has this crazy run in the middle of the game. And then you're like, oh, his shooting average is a lot better than I thought it was. 9 for 15 in this game for 21 points. Add in 6 rebounds. Add in 4 assists. Kawhi Leonard's passing is a lot better than he gets credit for. The way now that he's driving and he's getting used to where the players might be, you know, he drove and found Siakam for back-to-back -back threes early on in this game. There's another play where he, he whipped a cross-court pass. Was that to Siakam as well, maybe? But it was a crazy cross-court pass that, like, he gets, he's a way better passer than he gets credit for. Kawhi Leonard, man, like, better than advertised. That's the other reason why I don't get why people complain about the load management. Because when he's out there, he's balling. So what are y'all mad about? Right? Again, <laughs> someone in here says, insert Kawhi laugh here. Totally agree. Uh, another comment here from my guy, Jordan. That's you, right, Jordan? Jay Henny. Hey. Jordan says... Gasol effective in a game without true center on the other end. His passing was unreal tonight. And I know Jordan. Jordan knows his ball. And that's what I mean about Gasol and appreciating what he does. It's not going to always be flashy. It's not going to always cheat. But it's the little things that Mark Gasol does on the, on the floor. The little, like, right away, you can see him, like, directing traffic, telling guys to make the backdoor cut. And his passes, bounce passes, just on the money, leading dudes to a layup. And guys still aren't used to it yet. Like, Norm missed a wide-open dunk. And I think Norm could be one of the biggest beneficiaries of Gasol's crazy passing once you get used to the fact that, hey, I can get a quick six points off backdoor cuts. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Gasol. Oh, I'll remember it now because I'm going to remember it now. I'm going to talk about it now. Gasol, why I want Gasol in the starting lineup. Far too often, I think, when the Raptors get into their half-court offense with the starters, I feel like what ends up happening is you either see the offense breaks down and it's just Kyle running a screen and roll with Ibaka, or they just pass it and it's ISO Kawhi. Those are basically the two options the Raptors have in the half-court with their starters. Adding Mark Gasol just adds another wrinkle because he's, a, he's able to be a lot more creative with the ball. If we're being honest, with the starting unit, it's Kyle playmaking or it's got to be a play run for someone else, right? It's got to be a play out of a timeout where Danny Green's running off a bunch of screens or maybe Siakam or Kawhi driving and things break down and someone's open, maybe. But for the most part, it's up to Kyle to be the facilitator or Kawhi to get a bucket right? If you add Mark Gasol in there, it just opens up the options of what your offense can do. Serge has had an amazing year. Serge was even awesome tonight, 6-7 from the floor for 14 points. But they're maximizing Serge Ibaka by having the two-man game with Kyle where he's just banging in that elbow jumper. And that's what Serge is going to do. Cool. That's amazing. 
But if you replace Surge with Gasol in that starting lineup, do you know how many more things it opens up for Danny Green? Just shooting wide open threes because Gasol can find them. Or opens up for Kawhi or Siakam cutting to the basket. It just opens up another wrinkle in the offense, which we saw when Kawhi, or sorry, when Kyle and Marcus Gasol were on the floor together. They were both just diming guys off so nicely. I'm, I'm, there's one point in the game I just tweeted, I'm giddy because <laughs> the Raptors offense was just looking so smooth against the Celtics, who are a very good defensive team, right? Minus Kyrie. <laughs> uh, more comments here on Instagram. I'm trying to get caught up here. I promise, guys, I'm trying to get caught up. I always am, and I fall way behind. But someone here on Instagram says, this is the best I've seen the Raptors play all season. Um, yeah, I'd say either this game or the game they had in Milwaukee following the first loss that they had in San Antonio. Remember the Raptors looked really bad in that game in San Antonio. And I think that was a Thursday night. And then the Saturday they were in Milwaukee and they just came out and they looked great. And they beat the Bucks, gave them a solid beatdown in Milwaukee in that hostile environment. That game might also be up there for one of the best games the Raptors have had this season. Um, obviously you got to bring up them winning against Golden State without Kawhi in Golden State, that was a big boy game as well, but how many times over do you have to watch this Raptors team elevate their game against a top-tier opponent to realize that this is a different team than last year? I wish I could remember who tweeted it out, but someone had the stats just comparing the Raptors' record this year in close games versus their record last year in close games. Um, I'm going to try to talk while I look for it at the same time. But basically, when you look at the NBA standings, there's a way where you can go to the expanded standings. And what that does is it tells you the team's record in games decided by, I think it's five points or less, right? Like you can see different things here, right? Three-point games. So the Toronto Raptors this season in three-point games, games decided by three points or less, the Toronto Raptors are 10-4 and four this season. What do I keep saying? You got to win close games and you got to play defense. And when I point to what happened last year, which is why I was super worried about the Toronto Raptors last season heading into the playoffs, was because in those same type of games, three-point games, last season's Toronto Raptors were 5-7 and seven in three-point games. So maybe I should send that stat over to our guy Colin Coward. Maybe that's a stat you know, gets pushed around next or tomorrow or in the coming days, whenever we're talking about, is this team different than last year's team? Because people are going to look at the records and people that don't know when you break down player for player, who's been out as opposed to who's brought in and you still think be kind of close. That to me is a stat that tells you a lot. Your record in three point games. Again, the records were pretty even. Remember, last year's team won 59 games. But in three-point games last year's Toronto Raptors were 5-7. and seven. Change that to this year. This Toronto Raptors team, 10-4. and four. That's a big difference. What you do in close games, that's what the playoffs are going to be. This Raptors team is legit. So Raptors fans, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, more comments. <laughs> Someone says, this is why it's so frustrating when they lose against mediocre team. When they play at their level, they're unstoppable. And this is just a snippet of their ceiling. Uh, this is Len. Len says this, uh, says this on Instagram. And Len, here's what I'd say to you. 
might be frustrating to lose to the Milwaukee to the Orlando Magic. But I need you to understand that it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. The only thing that matters is you have these measuring stick games, these what I call big boy games against top teams that you might end up playing in the playoffs, but you know who those teams are. The Bucks, the Sixers, you know, uh, OKC, got a home and home with OKC coming up, LeBron, right? The Warriors, obviously. Those are big boy games. To me, those are the measuring sticks. That gives me a good gauge of what the team really is. Close games, and that's that's it. What happens against Milwaukee, like, you got to understand, NBA players, especially veteran NBA players, and what I talked about on last podcast when we were talking about load management and why the load management doesn't matter, okay? It's because you got to understand that the regular season, when you're a team with championship aspirations, all regular season games aren't created equally. They're just not. So when you see the team come out against Orlando and Kawhi's not playing and they put up a stinker, that happens sometimes because you're going to save those bullets that are in February and keep them in the clip for when playoff time comes around. So don't worry about the loss. Do not worry about the loss. Remember I said at the start of that, don't get mad about what happens in the Orlando game until you see what happens in the Boston game. And if the Raps came out flat, if Kawhi came out flat, hey, be mad about load management, be over-concerned, and instead the opposite happened. So don't be worried. Len, other people in the chat, let Len know that he can relax. It's all right. Things are going to be okay. Uh, something Someone else says here, Boston is a great home team, nothing else. Read those stats earlier, totally true. Um, another comment, this was a very satisfying, this was very satisfying. I love slapping the Celtics. <laughs> the Celtic fans are the worst. More comments here on Twitter. James says, or sorry, on Instagram, James says, newcomers Jalen and Gasol had solid games. Totally true. A lot of people hating on Boston. They don't like Boston fans. Someone says, big up Sheldon. Big up to you as well. What's this? The Spice Sisters? Yeah, big up to you guys as well. Um, let's see what else. Kyle was active. Definitely appreciated his game defensively. Kyle Lowry, when he's plugged in, when he's tuned in to a game, that Kyle Lowry, man. The only thing about Kyle Lowry's game that's annoying is he talks to the refs way too much. But I feel like we're probably used to that by now <laughs> as Raptors fans watching him game in, game out for how many seasons now? Uh, another comment, when did that corner three become so wet for Spicy P? I've been asking that. And I told you the stats from Josh Lewenberg before. It's crazy what Pascal Siakam has be able, been able to do from three-point land. But it's also, I'll never forget this. It was a moment, actually, it was a moment I'll always remember in my career because I can say I got crushed by Greg Popovich in a scrum. And no word of a lie, Greg Popovich one day, it was a pregame before a Spurs game, maybe like, I don't know, four years ago. And Pop, every single person that asked a question, he just crushed them with one word answers in the scrum. Every single person. And then finally, I asked him a question about I think it was the year they got Richard Jefferson. And I'd read in an article that, you know, Pop worked with Richard Jefferson during the offseason on just being able to hit the corner three. And so I asked him, you know, 
just what was that like and what was the reasoning behind that and how that shot fits into their offense. And just because it shows like a little bit of research or just something beyond the what's it like coaching Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and Tim Duncan for so long, right? He actually like gave a look and answered the question legitimately. But the reason I bring that up in relation to Pascal Siakam is because it's the quarter three. One of the things that the Greg Popovich era or the Spurs reloaded era, being able to expand their their run, their dynasty, was the ability to build around Tony Parker, Ginobili, and Tim Duncan by just getting a wing player, the 3 and D guy, right? What we know famously is a 3 and D guy, but the person who's the athletic wing that's there to play lockdown defense, and all you need to do is be able to stand in the corner and knock down that open three. And if you were able to do that, you were going to get a job in the NBA. Hey, there's a lot of dudes that became rich off that. I mean, great Bruce Bowen, Bruce Bowen has his number retired in San Antonio by just being that guy, being able to knock down to be a 3 and D guy, right? Steven Jackson signed a big boy contract off that. Heck, Jonathan Simmons, I'm pretty sure, did that for one year, had a solid playoff run and signed a big contract. Just being able to do that, just being able to do that, pardon me. I mentioned Richard Jefferson, but here's the thing. The way that the NBA is centered now, that shot has become so valued, and the Raptors have instituted that part in their offense where you have guys on fast breaks not running to the basket, but running to the corner three, and that's just hours in the gym, and that's what we're seeing right now from Siakam, the hours in the gym. Again, if someone's just tuning in live to this, I read this stat earlier from Josh Lewenberg. He gave the stat that last December slash January, a one for 35 slump from beyond the arc. He's now 12 for his last 16 from three, including four of five tonight. That's, that's just hours in the gym. Just hours in the gym. More comments here. Someone says, uh, watch Pierce say that the Celtics would, will figure it out and become a sure thing. It's funny watching Paul Pierce on ESPN. Because we know Paul Pierce is a Raptors hater, right? He never believes that the Raptors had it. Now, he was right at the time. He was right for a couple years later. But now, he has to admit at some point this season, the Raptors definitely have it. Maybe that should be the thing that we get the, the We the North fan base to do. Just flood Paul Pierce's mentions, or maybe Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose's mentions, or maybe uh, Michelle Beadle's mentions just to get Paul Pierce to acknowledge for the Raptors fan base sake that now they finally have it. <laughs> uh, let's see, more comments. Someone says, Isaiah Thomas and Steve Smith was giving Siakam love all night. Again, that was the players only broadcast, which was on TNT in the States. I guess who was on the call? Isaiah Thomas, Steve Smith, and maybe Chris Webber. I'm not sure who else was on that broadcast, but that's good to hear. Uh, more comments. Someone says some, uh, Siakam trained with Rico Hines. I'm pretty sure it is, right? I think that's a typo, but yeah. Trained with them in the summer during the States. Um, it's paying off, and he'll only get better because we can see we can only see that there are room for, there's rooms for improvement. Another person saying shout-out to Rico Hines, which, hey, here's another thing, okay? I don't know where else basketball fans. This is a question maybe, and I'll read it at the very end. 
people listening to this podcast, let me know where you guys, what you guys listen to and where you get your basketball information from. Cause I'm, in, I'm interested in that. I'm always, I always want to learn. I'm always interested in other sources, other people that have good insight to the Raptors, but just basketball in general. Right. And I say that because early on, my guy Ola, who's one of my best friends, known him forever, but he's also plugged in in terms of a basketball guy in the city of Toronto. But I remember very early on, on one of our early Wrap It Up podcasts, he came in here and he said the Rico Hines runs were big for Siakam and the other guys, but you're going to see Siakam take a leap because all the dudes, it's Russ, it's Harden, it's Durant, LeBron, all those dudes are all in LA and they'll do a week or two at the Rico Hines runs in LA and Ola was on here talking about that. That was before I heard anyone else bring that up. Like, I mean, not calling this a media podcast because we're not that, but I'm saying like it was the first time I heard someone in depth talk about Rico Hines, even mention the name Rico Hines to know what that is. But again, let me know what, what other things you guys are listening to because I love just getting different insights, different voices, different opinions in terms of what's going on with the Raptors, little insights and stuff like that because that was a big thing Ola brought up early and hey, Mike was here one of the first games as well that we did the podcast saying Siakam is going to be in contention for uh, most improved player. And again, that was something that I heard first early, early on. And so, yeah. Raptors fans, let me know what you think. I'm sure there's someone who's been rocking with us since one of the first episodes that will back up my claims in the chat. And if not, hey, there's receipts. You can go and listen to our early podcast and the receipts are all there, right? Uh, more comments. Who else thinks that the Celtics had Lynn Sanity run last season and their postseason run is their postseason run last year and now reality has hit them? Um no, I, I think that Gordon Hayward is just not healthy. Um, he hasn't fit in well. It's just a tough situation where they got Gordon Hayward, who's supposed to be a max player, Gordon Hayward. But the problem is Tatum and Jalen Brown are probably better than Gordon Hayward. Plus, he's dealing with an injury. And it takes a while for you to recover from major, major injuries like that. And sometimes it's not physical. It's mental, right? Paul George is a great example Paul George has looked pretty good, you know, in the year since his major, that devastating injury he had at Team USA camp. But what Paul George is doing this year, that's crazy. This is the Paul George, this is the Paul George that we're seeing now that we thought we might get before that injury. He was on that trajectory, but we're just seeing it now. And that's what, two years, three years after he's come back from that injury? So for Hayward... It might not come back all the way. And what you're hearing now, Bill Simmons was talking about this, how he has sources on the Celtics saying that the biggest thing with Hayward is that in practice, he's killing dudes. Like he's putting in mega work. So they think that it's a mental thing with him, which makes sense. It totally makes sense. But the Celtics, they have a lot of good players. It just, they have too many good players and too many players that are, alike meaning they need the ball and they kind of covered some of that up by putting Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris in the starting lineup and that like divides up the players that need the ball in their hands to be successful like Hayward and Jalen Brown have a better opportunity to contribute coming off the bench but it's still not really working as well as it should be 
And I just think they have too many guys. Too many guys in a fight for minutes. One thing I will say, though, yo, Tatum's game looks nice. His game looks really nice. More comments here on Instagram. Uh, my guy C. Brown says, I'm one of them. Pascal is just hitting his stride. More comments. Great win, but I still think Gasol needs to start. We have another level if we do. Totally agree with that. Um, and that other level is a chemistry of the starting unit, meaning they get off to the great start, jump street. They're not finding their footing. They're not just, you know, okay, second quarter, our bench is better than yours, or our rotation with our starters and our bench is better than yours because we're deeper than yours, than your team. But right off the get-go, your starting lineup of Gasol, Siakam, Kawhi, Danny Green, and Kyle Lowry is better than all but, what, two or three starting lineups in the entire NBA? So, yeah, I'm still looking for Gasol to start, which is a nice, funny argument I keep having with my boys at work. But holding strong, man. I still want to see Mark Gasol in the starting lineup because I feel like the little things, the intangibles, are the things that are going to take this team to the next level. And there's going to be one or two playoff games that Gasol wins you just because he's that good. He has that ability. And we're going to see it at some point. More comments here on Instagram. I'm trying to get through them all, and I normally fail, but I'm trying hard to catch up. Someone says, can we please give prop to Lynn's defense on Kyrie? He was able to stay in front of Kyrie and contest his shots. Totally agree. Jeremy Lynn, I've always thought this, and people might think I'm wrong, but I've always thought this. Defense is effort, no? Like, all of these people are marginally within the same level of athletic ability, Right? So defense to me is mental and effort. Like how badly do you want to play defense? And then you have levels to it because you have players who have the motor, they have the stamina, the endurance that are able to go all out on defense and on offense. And then you have the guys who, okay, well, my offense is way more important. So I might have to take a bit of a backseat or rest a little bit on defense. Cool. But if you're coming off the bench... You play less minutes in the starters, meaning you better be going all out <laughs> from the moment you step on the court because you're not going to get that many minutes, so you can afford to go all out. Jeremy Lin did that, all effort, guarding Kyrie Irving tonight. Another comment, Isaiah Thomas said that the Raptors took the Celtics' souls tonight. <laughs> I don't disagree. Oh, man, the, that shot, that meme that's going around of Kyrie Irving just like sitting on the Celtics bench, but looking so depressed. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a thing that will be everywhere tomorrow. I'm waiting to see. I haven't checked yet, uh, but I'm assuming that some people have spoken either from the Celtics side of things or either from the Raptors side of things. But I will try to I'll read a few more. Uh, I'll read a few more comments here from both Twitter and Instagram and then I will check and see what the people are saying on uh, in the post-game comments. Uh, let's see here. More comments here from Instagram. Gasol demands so much attention. When they throw it to him in the post, he can stretch the floor. Totally true. It's, I'm telling you, man, what Mark Gasol adds to this team, it's taking it to another level. Another level. Just saying. Uh, 
Let's see. Someone says, I can't believe Kyle only scored seven points. I seriously thought he had a monster night. He was so great defensively. It's the thing I keep pointing out, the fact that the Raptors team, the reason why the Raptors team is so good is because they have multiple guys that affect the game in different ways. So if their shot's not falling, they find other ways to contribute. And Kyle Lowry is one of those guys. He does all those little things, whether it's taking charges, whether it's grabbing rebounds, whether it's boxing out, whether it's making the extra pass. Kyle Lowry just finds a way to do all of those things that if his shot's not falling, it's okay. Uh, I see a comment here, uh, this from Chris Forsberg, who's one of the beat writers for the Boston Celtics. He has a quote here from Marcus Smart on how the game snowballed. Marcus Smart said, quote, not being together and that's it. We're just not together. Plain and simple, that's it. Because if we were together, that wouldn't happen. I'm sure we're going to figure it out. Just right now, it's going slower than we expected. That's not a quote from a team that sounds like they're on the same together. Wow. Uh, that was from Marcus Smart. Here's a comment from Marcus Morris on the Seesaw season. He says, quote, we've been up and down, up and down, up and down. The best thing about it is we still got a lot of games to correct it. Once we start going, man, we're going to have to be the same conversation about why we're playing so well. Uh... I don't know. I don't know. Waiting to see this. Uh, someone said, also, he says, Danny, Gre Danny Ainge, pardon me, not Danny Green, Danny Ainge, sitting with Kyrie Irving as locker room opens to reporters. It's interesting. Uh, question for Marcus Smart. Says, uh, Marcus, oh, this is to Kyrie. Is that a fair diagnosis? Kyrie Irving, quote, I mean, that's Marcus's opinion. <laughs> question to Kyrie is it your opinion too Kyrie dot 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 doesn't say anything Celtics PR ending the session thank you Kyrie <laughs> yo the Celtics are amazing the Celtics are amazing right now oh man uh sorry for this pot for this moment of the podcast if you're familiar with the with the ball on blast podcast every once in a while with Webby I do a segment that I just call reading <laughs> where I'll just read quotes <laughs> to Webby and get his reaction. I know I don't have the same in-person reaction right now, but I felt those were quotes that would be interesting for Raptors fans to hear as the Celtics implosion, I'll say, continues. Because this is not looking well for the Boston Celtics at all. That's a bad loss. That's a game where you know that this is a team that you have to meet up with if you have championship aspirations and yeah, not a good look. Uh, shout to my guy Sherms. I see Sherms in the, in the chat. He says, my man Hove. Yes. Sherms, one of my day ones. We go way back. Got to give a shout out to him for sure. Uh, more comments from Instagram. Gasol looks great with Kawhi and Lowry on the floor together. I, I can't wait to see that. I really can't wait to see that. It's going to be so good. Uh, Dennis Scott, someone says that Dennis Scott said the Raptors could have the scariest defense in the entire playoffs. Totally agree, right? I've been saying that. I'm telling you guys, it's not hyperbole. I actually believe that because when they put their mind to it and hey, one of the, the comments I read earlier, someone was, the person was getting mad about the Orlando game. The reality is when you're a vet, the reality is when you're on a good team that has championship aspirations, it's not possible for you to be playing all out for the entire season. It's just not possible. And it's not realistic as well. 
So you see moments where you know, okay, the Raptors came with the juice tonight. And tonight was one of those games. When they decided to defend, it was lights out. It was lights out. And they're deep enough now that they can have those spurts when Kawhi and Danny Green can say, okay, we're going to lock down for the rest of this quarter. And they ran the Celtics out of the gym. I mean, I can't really mention the Raptors running the Celtics out of the gym without mentioning Pascal, right? Because he literally was running the Celtics out of the gym. Uh, there's so many comments here. And again, I apologize if I'm not getting to them all because I really, really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week or each and every game live to help out here with this podcast. Oh, I got to read more comments here on Twitter because there's so many more. Uh, Instagram, people on Instagram, if you're watching this right now, it says I have a minute and a half, maybe two minutes remaining on this chat. So if this cuts out, apologies. You can listen to the rest of the podcast, either going to Twitter at Shell Alexander or just tune into the podcast when that's posted later on. But again, huge shouts to all the people on Instagram. So many comments and questions. Uh, I'm going to read this one. Someone says, I love Colin Coward, but he doesn't watch Toronto basketball enough to have an unbiased opinion. That comment right there is totally true. And on the flip side, I say the same thing about Toronto media. Toronto media doesn't watch enough other basketball to have an unbiased opinion about other teams. See how that works? It's like a trade-off, right? But it's just a reality. Um, I will be watching the herd tomorrow to see what Colin Coward does say <laughs> because I want to send Raptors fans after him. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to get through to as many comments as I can here on Instagram before that feed goes down. Uh, someone says, will McCaw's defense keep him in the rotation? Possibly, but there's so many guys, especially once Fred comes back. I don't know. I'm not really sure. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Someone says, we have to prove it in the playoffs. Yeah, that's obviously coming. Stop worrying about that. It'll be all right. Someone says, Lowry is the key to this team's success. Totally agree. They need Kyle Lowry. He's the engine, man. He's the engine. Uh, someone says, just show Colin a clip of that Kawhi steal on DeMar. That should sum up what this team is made of now. Totally agree with that comment. Another comment here might be the last one off on Instagram. Someone says, this is Diaz. He says, we got a great mix of vets and young boys on the squad to make it to the finals, boys. Hope I got that one in on Instagram, but shouts to everyone that tuned in on Instagram. I'm going to keep this going for a little longer because there's so many comments on Twitter. I want to make sure that I get to most of them, if not all of them. Um, someone says, I hope the U.S. media shuts up with all the Celtics love. Yeah, tomorrow will be an interesting day to have ESPN up to see what everyone's saying about the Celtics for sure. See the level of panic. See what other quotes are coming out of the Celtics camp because I feel like... The Celtics are, I mean, it's going to be very interesting. And I want to also see the video. I want to see the video of uh, Kyrie's clip because I think that's funny as well. Uh, let's see. This from Josh Lewenberg. He says on Twitter, Leonard was told that he needs a he needs a warmer lining in his New Balance windbreaker he's wearing. His response, an old Kawhi classic, garage to garage. Close quote. Another snowstorm expected in Toronto tomorrow. Fortunately, he and the Raptors have the day off. But yeah, hey, we told you about that, right? The Kawhi quote, garage to garage. All the people that are like, oh, the weather's going to scare Kawhi. Keep telling y'all, this is the man's line. Garage to garage. No worries. Heck, 
I know people. I Some of my friends, I work with people who I see sometimes and they got a hoodie on. I'm like, what? How do you only have a hoodie on? You didn't even wear a winter jacket? And their response is, garage to garage. Or maybe the five steps from their front door to their car and then they're at the garage at work. Don't need a winter jacket. Who am I to argue with that logic? And I'm definitely not going to argue with Kawhi Leonard about anything because, hey, Kawhi's that dude right now. Sorry. <laughs> I had to pause and laugh right now because there's a CJ's PJ's commercial <laughs> that just popped up on my TV. And I was wondering if those things still existed. But I saw that they added something in brackets that says, even in Memphis. <laughs> so I guess it still does work. Oh, man. Someone on the chat here on Twitter says, Pascal equals Giannis with a three. Wow. Don't go that far yet, but hey, the glow up is continuing for Pascal Siakam. Huge shouts to him. Another comment says, yeah, boy, feeling good. Kawhi participating in Lowry's. Oh, yeah, Lowry's celebration. Yep, that uh, Lowry intro. Kawhi is involved in that. People are happy. It's funny to hear the little random things that Raptors fans get excited about. Uh, more comments here on Twitter. Loved Mark Gasol's passing. Wish he looked for a shot just a tad bit. That's going to come. That's going to come. And I, I mean, you know that he can get busy in the post. That's just a matter of matchups. That's just a matter of situation. It's just a matter of the game. I'm not worried about that. I think Mark Gasol is going to be great for the Raptors. Uh, more comments here. Someone says, the basket's so much bigger when we play defense in the first half. Chalk it up to the first half of the season. Another comment, Coward and the U.S. media are right. Regular season means absolutely nothing. We have one seed last year. Uh, that's kind of right, but kind of wrong. Like, there's a little bit of context. Yes, I've been saying the regular season doesn't mean anything. But with that said, there are certain games that you point to and look at. And again, I told you the stats about the Raptors' record this year in in games that are decided by three points or less, as opposed to how different that was last year, right? That's one thing you pay attention to. How the Raptors show up in big boy games, if you go back to last year, I feel like they didn't beat Golden State last year. They beat the Rockets once last year, if I'm not mistaken, but that was without Chris Paul. Or maybe they, no, they beat them twice. I think they beat them in Toronto as well. That's my bad. But for the most part, the big boy games that the Raptors had. Remember, they beat the Cavs early on in the season, but they played the Cavs twice late in the year in these type of big boy games. And LeBron and the Cavs, you know, LeBron was flexing. He was stunting on them. That was still the moment where I'm looking at the Raps, and I was like, I don't think they're ready. If you look at this year, it's a different team. So again, that comment about regular season means absolutely nothing. We were one seed last year. It's a half truth because there is some legitimacy to that. But Hey, the way that the Raptors look in certain games, you have to take that into account. Again, what I call the big boy games, and then your record in close games. Uh, someone says, will Siakam be our new DeRozan if Kawhi leaves? Again, I'm not looking that far ahead. I'm enjoying the run. I'm enjoying the season that the Raptors are having now. What happens in the offseason happens in the offseason. Enjoy this run. Again, Raptors fans are not used to this season or having a team where you have legitimate finals aspirations. Enjoy it. Stop worrying about what's going to happen next season and the season after, what the salary cap is. Stop worrying about all that. Right now, 
you had the best team in franchise history, like legitimately, when you match up player for player, there's not another Raptors team that comes close to the Raptors team that you have now. So I urge you guys, enjoy it. Don't worry about the offseason. Enjoy this run. Don't worry about Kawhi quotes about the cold. The man just told you, garage to garage, right? It's all good. Just enjoy. Uh, a couple more comments here just to round out on Twitter. Uh, someone says, Mark Gasol needs to pick and pop more. At times, he can be lights out from three. Yep, we saw him knock down a three. He shoots it with confidence, and that's the biggest thing, right? It's the same thing I say about Kyle Lowry. Even when guys are missing shots, you just want to see them shoot it with confidence because it's okay. It's the NBA. A lot of times, like Kenny Smith says, make or miss league, right? Someone else on Twitter, uh, someone says, yo, yo, Sheldon, what's up? Had some friends over and was feeding to join this chat from the beginning. <laughs> okay, thanks for joining, joining in. Hopefully, I didn't disappoint you. Hopefully, I kept the podcast entertaining for you. Hopefully. Uh, more comments here. Siakam is my dad. Threes are so wet. <laughs> okay, sure. More comments. He looks so confident as he looks as confident as Curry with that jumper. Okay. I mean, again, not going that far. Steph Curry is in a league of his own, but I understand the point. Point taken. Uh, more comments here on Twitter. Shown the podcast is on fire tonight. I'm fired up. We're at we're over an hour right now, and there's still comments coming in. The Instagram only shut down because we maxed out the time there. There's still comments coming in on Twitter. There's still people on the live. Raptors fans are hyped up, so of course I'm hyped up as well. I don't know how my voice is still going. I don't know how I've still had something to say for an hour straight just talking, but part of that, you guys helped me out so much in making the show what it is. Greatly appreciate that. More comments here. A couple last ones before we wrap we wrap up here. Um, someone says, if Siakam puts on more muscle over the summer, he could become very, very dominant. What the next level is for Pascal, I have no idea. But enjoy this run now where he is glowing up in front of our eyes. He's expanding his game in front of our eyes. But he's still able to cook on a level because he plays with Kawhi, so he can avoid certain matchups because Kawhi will take on the other team's best defender, which will be a huge advantage for the Raptors come playoff time as long as uh, Siakam continues to play this confidently and continues to add more dimensions to his game. Um, another comment says, I can see Gasol getting everyone involved in scoring from all over by passing to everyone. Totally true. I'm going to wrap uh, end the comment section there because... That's what I, I think that's the next level. Having the starting lineup click, clicking on all cylinders right from Jump Street, right from the start of the game. Gasol will just open up so many more things. He'll get Kyle open threes. Kyle open cuts to the basket. Same thing for Kawhi, so that every Kawhi bucket isn't just him ISO crushing people. Because, hey, as much as I enjoy watching I don't know how sustainable that is in terms of being a success successful team. Just watching Kawhi go ISO, ISO, ISO. Gasol opens up that offense. And again, what Nick Nurse's offense is supposed to be, you're supposed to have a passing big guy like Marc Gasol is. Maybe it's a thing that they're saving a lot of the looks for the playoffs. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Either way, it's all positive, all things for the Toronto Raptors as they come up with a massive win over the Boston Celtics 
as they win 118-95. to Again, Raptors win 118-95. to They end up going 2-2 two and two against the Celtics this season with both teams holding home court. And both teams now, I mean, I don't think the Celtics can catch the Raptors. The Celtics are struggling. The Raptors have a big lead on them. The Celtics possibly now are fighting for hopefully to get home court in the first round. Maybe they can get to third, but Indy needs to slip. There's a lot of issues there going on in uh, Boston. And most notably, Kyrie Irving. If you're going to talk the talk, my dude, <laughs> you're going to talk about things are going to be fine because you're there. And in a big boy game, you have seven points on three of ten shooting. It's not going to cut it. and It's not, it's not going to stop all the drama and the questions that everyone's asking. It's not going to stop. Meanwhile, flip side, big night for the Raptors. Mentioned Pascal Siakam, 25 points, eight rebounds. Kawhi Leonard, 21 points in 26 minutes. Add in six rebounds and four assists. Kawhi Leonard is just a monster. This Toronto Raptors team is scary. All the pe- things that people were worried about in terms of will the chemistry work? What's the chemistry going to be like? Is there enough time to make all these pieces fit? Hey, man, as long as you play defense, you'll be in any game. The talent has been upgraded on this team, so you walk into most gyms now, and talent for talent, you have the best team. The Boston Celtics might have, have the most talented team. The Raptors just ran them out of the gym from basically the second quarter on. I don't know. Raptors fans, not much to be mad at. But shout out to you guys for once again tuning in. As you can tune in after every Toronto Raptors game, live on Twitter, at Shell Alexander. Follow, follow up, like, share the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. You can join in, ask questions on Twitter live again, at Shell Alexander. Same thing, I take your questions on Instagram while we do the live show as well. That is at Sheldon Alexander. And of course... Appreciate all the love, and if you really are rocking with us and supporting what we're doing, it's important to keep building the movement, to keep liking, sharing, and subscribing. That part's really big as well, because that's how we really help support the movement that is this Raptors fan base getting the love that it deserves, right? Getting the platforms it deserves to talk about the best team in franchise history. To prove to a lot of suits, because I'll be honest with you guys, in my normal day job, there's a lot of talk that there's not a lot of Raptors fans or that you guys don't exist. So, hey, to prove a lot of people wrong, we got to keep supporting stuff like this and making our voices heard, which we are doing and using the platforms that we have. But another way to do that is to also like and subscribe and share to all those things. So follow up. If you really rock with us, really appreciate the likes and follows on iTunes, rate us, as Bomani says, rate us, give us that five stars. If you only give four, I'm forced to think that you're a hater. So rate us, like and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play under On Blast Podcast. You'll find this podcast as well as weekly podcast with myself and my guy Andrew Webster, which is called the Ball On Blast Podcast. Everything NBA, not just Raptors. Everything, all the big storylines going on across the league. We do that once a week. Normally, that's up Friday mornings. So you'll get that podcast as well as this, the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, huge shouts. Really appreciate it. And half a season, half a Raptor season. We've already accumulated 1,000 subscriptions on YouTube. 
which has been really massive. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for rocking with us. Really appreciate it because I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is a wrap it up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, which is Friday, Raptors play host to the Blazers, if I'm not mistaken. That's off the top of my head, so apologies if I'm wrong. But until next time, see ya. Boom, blast.